0: Today's guest took his first steps in comedy with The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and his first steps in fantasy with Dungeons and Dragons. Over the years, these two loves combined to create the ever-expanding Caverns and Creatures series of comedic fantasy novels and short stories. A writer, blogger, and player on the Authors and Dragons podcast, the Grim Tidings podcast welcomes author Robert Bevan to the show. Robert, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're the first Robert besides me to be on the show, so you'll have to bring your A-game. So, <laughs> okay. for Roberts. Uh, but I'm excited to get you on the show uh, today for a couple of reasons, both um, because I'm pretty sure we're going to hit a high mark for expletives used in offensive <laughs> content. Frankly, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> But not only that, Robert, but you've put some serious effort into making yourself uh, some, some income from the self-publishing business. And no doubt our listeners will have a thing or two to learn from you today from your success so far. So I'm, I'm glad to get you on the program today. But first, let's talk about something that's really important, and, and that's about how you fell through your deck. What, what did I do? You, 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 <laughs> you, you <laughs> fell like a great distance. Oh, oh. no. That was <laughs> his great. brother's deck, right?
1: right my brother's deck I thought you were talking about cards or something (laughs) (laughs) you physically fell a great distance yeah that was well not as painful as it could have been yeah I was helping him move he's been living in that house for nine years and then yeah they've had parties and barbecues (laughs) and drunks up on that deck for nine years going and then the day I'm helping him move out it just gave way under me and uh (laughs) That was, what, a good nine or ten feet I fell. And uh, and then it... And then the section of deck that uh, I went through fell on top of me. Jeez. And then... And then the old-ass rusty barbecue pit (laughs) that's also on that section, it fell down (laughs) and exploded into a cloud of dust. So I was bleeding and covered in... Like ages old charcoal dust. <laughs> oh, but I got up and walked away. Yeah, that's, that's, a, all the, that's
2: a good thing to walk away from. It's like <laughs> it's like uh, it's like a Dungeons and Dragons trap almost. Like you, it had been just waiting there for years and years uh, for an adventurer to come along, and you were that adventurer, and you plummeted. But you passed your saving throw,
1: and you're still yeah. Here, so good job. You rolled like, a nineteen on that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> you did well. Like a glorious phoenix I rose from the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> the barbecue pit. Yeah. So you recently uh,
2: veered off from your most popular uh, series, the Caverns and Creatures series, which we'll talk about more, to write uh, some science fiction with your newest work, Space Puppies. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about <laughs> Space Puppies?
1: I'm sure it has a good backstory. Yeah, the- uh, not so much veering off as just a, a quick sidestep but I'm I'm back to writing another caverns and creatures story right now. But uh yeah, space puppies there's an idea that uh occurred to me while I was writing a blog about uh the sad puppies and the Hugo Awards and all that uh all that business that went down uh last year. What would the sad puppies or the rabid puppies think of as you know what's their ideal science fiction story, and so I intentionally went out and wrote the most racist, horrible <laughs> science fiction story I could think of. It's it's a complete rip off of the plot of uh, Star Wars Episode Four. It was it was fun to write, but felt really wrong at times.
2: <laughs> you had most to take the many time. showers to get it off you. Yeah, uh, I, uh, when I started reading it, I thought I really hope people understand that this is <laughs> satirical, and and, and there's going to be people that that won't. They'll just read it and be like, "Oh my god, this is you, you dick. This I is so know. racist." I,
1: I haven't gotten any reviews like that yet. I'm I'm pretty confident that it's so over <laughs> the top that people can't mistake it for. Being, and, and you know, it's clearly. Uh, a ripoff of Star Wars, anyway. <laughs> yeah, this isn't something somebody thought. Like, oh, he's trying to get away with something. No, he's doing this intentionally. He has to be. There's no other. And I and I and I put it in a satire category on Amazon. I was made very sure to do that. And I had an introduction that uh, I think made my intentions pretty clear.
0: Are you hoping to get on the Hugo ballot with this title?
1: <laughs> well, Robert? no. I was. I that would have been neat, but uh, I. <laughs> Yeah, I released it like after the nominations have been made already. So yeah, maybe next year. But Chuck Tingle was nominated,
2: and I'm, I understand Chuck Tingle is one of your heroes. Yeah, he was. He's great. He uh, got nominated for the the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, uh,
1: that was Space Raptor Butt Invasion. <laughs> Space Raptors, not T Rex. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Get your facts straight, man.
2: Fuck. So sorry. Um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about caverns and creatures because that's your your main series. Um, you once you once claimed that you bought a house with dick jokes. This must be every writer's dream to to be able to to state this. That yes, I bought this house with dick jokes.
1: Every dick joke writer's dream. Right? <laughs> yeah
2: how many how many dick jokes would you say equal one dollar that's more math than i want to do right now (laughs) that's
1: the conversion rate i don't i don't i don't don't have a answer for that
2: (laughs) so as far as um you know the attitude that you have towards publishing and writing it it seems sometimes you you have a disdain for what other writers tell you not to do Um, for example uh, could you explain your twitter philosophy uh, I don't. I don't like Twitter. I, uh, <laughs> we don't either. Wow, no, I don't. I, Rob likes. I, it. I love
1: Twitter. Yeah, I don't. I don't use it like. It, I guess like it's supposed to be used. I just use it. Well, like a lot of other writers do, just to spam my shit. And uh, yeah, I get. I get on there every morning. I do a, a spam session, tweeting my my links out. And I've got. A, I've got this list that I emailed to my to myself with the. I don't know. It's kind of have like forty or fifty different advertisements for my books, and I just copy and paste that. And you know what? That sounds really lame, but um, it gets the word out. People buy books, so that's all that I want from Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy. I enjoy my Facebook page. I interact with people on there. I, I only. I'll only post a, a link for my books if I've got a new release. Otherwise, I tried to provide entertaining and or valuable content, but on Twitter, just spam
2: and you, zero fucks given on Twitter. <laughs> just yeah, <laughs> like me. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, on your blog, uh, your blog highlights a lot of various topics and and you touch on a lot of interesting things. And you've actually called out negative reviewers before, which is another thing people say.
1: Oh, never do that. Never. Um, but I don't. It, i don't respond directly to their reviews on on the amazon site that's i've yeah i've taken that advice to heart you don't do that but uh mm-hmm this this is my website and 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 I only do it if I can if there's something fun to be said. Yeah, you know, I got a couple of negative reviews that were okay, you just didn't like it and uh, well, I can't really work with that, but if ah, if somebody says something that I can make a joke out of or, or an entire blog post then <laughs> yeah, then I'll if I think this can entertain other people while providing me the joy of mocking stupid people then that's i'll, I'll do that <laughs> providing joy
2: from stupidity i think that's yeah. a national pastime that uh many people have these days um as far as uh your caverns and creatures series um you have the main critical failures uh, novels and you have various uh kind of short adventures if someone was wanting to jump into the series uh where would you suggest them start? Can they start anywhere, or is it best to start with the first Critical
1: Failures novel? If they're interested in the series, yeah, start with the first one. The four current novels and and the the rest of the novels from the future, that's the main storyline. The short stories, you don't have to read at all. Those are solitary adventures. I try try to make it so that uh, a new person coming in can read one of the shorts and, like, kind of like get an idea of what's going on in the bigger picture as they go along. I write those, you know, try to get people interested in the main series and just to have more titles up there on Amazon. So are you working on a short story now or are you working
2: on the next novel?
1: Well, I'm I'm working on a short story now because I've gone, I've been doing a a one to six ratio of novels to short stories. And I'm gonna keep going with that because I do a novel Six short stories, and then I bundle those six short stories into a, a D6 collection. So customers have the option of buying the shorts individually, or reading them through Kindle Unlimited, or buying them as a, a collection, which would be considerably cheaper.
2: You also do a podcast yourself. It's called Authors and Dragons, where you play with other uh, comedy writers. Could you tell us some of the weirdest shit that has happened so far while
1: recording <laughs> that podcast? <laughs> You want the weirdest shit. I guess this will be a spoiler, but... All right, well, that's that's an easy question because uh, this happened two episodes ago. My character, Klaus Richter, we're, we're on this mysterious, magical island, and we um, were fighting these giant frogs. And uh, I wasn't too worried because I hadn't gotten hit yet. I mean, you know, my normal go I'm a rogue, so my normal go-to action... During a fight, is to you know shoot my grappling hook up into a tree, get to safety, and then snipe from there. But I thought, you know what, they're frogs. I'll take. I'll fire a couple of arrows, and I'll I'll hold off on the tree sniping until I uh, um until I, I I need to. But. (laughs) I i had forgotten that uh, we hadn't recovered all of our hit points from our, the last battle we had in the, pre- <laughs> in the episode prior to that. So, yeah, I got hit by a frog tongue and <laughs> swallowed whole. <laughs> and, and Drew, the, our game master, says, okay, Bevan, or oh, he's calling by my game name, Klaus. Okay, Klaus, you've got one round before you're like, you're unconscious now because you only had five hit points, oops. Next round, if nobody gets you out of this frog, you're going to die, like for real die. And I said, <laughs> shit. I was unconscious, nothing I could do. Most everybody in the party went and attacked that frog, came really close to killing it. And then Silas Kane, played by Rip Gualteri, it was his turn and he said he was gonna shoot two other frogs. <laughs> And everybody was like, what? Are you you just killing Klaus? And uh, what happened was, though, while the rest of this was going on, Rick, the player, had gotten up to go put his kids to bed. And uh, when he came back, (laughs) it was his turn. Well, I'm going to go shoot these other frogs. So Klaus died. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. That sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you, you have to make a new character then. (laughs) <laughs> no, but um, being on this mysterious island, mysterious things can happen. Klaus's soul parted from his body and was going up to rogue heaven or whatever. <laughs> Rogan. And uh, the, the clouds stopped my spirit from leaving and said, It's not your time yet. And I came back down. It's like a gray mist or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then I think the idea was Drew was going to have me reincarnated as a squirrel or something. <laughs> But then when Silas's turn came around, Rick, uh, Silas is a paladin, mind you, who just let his, his companion get devoured <laughs> by a frog. So he was doing something else, and he rolled a natural one. And uh, so Drew decided, okay, your god is pissed off that you, you just let your friend die. And so uh, he had this, I don't know, some like bolt of energy came out of the sky, and I shouted out, hold on. Am I coming back? In, am I coming back in, inside Silas? And Drew said, "Well, that's not what was going to happen, but uh, that's what's happening now." <laughs> so yeah, right now I'm currently possessing <laughs> Silas, and I are kind of sharing his body. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's the weirdest thing that's happened. I'll, I'll, I'll leave the details that follow <laughs> up for you guys to go listen to yourselves. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty weird. details involve my dead penis
2: ah so if you want to hear about the dead penis yes please go and listen to authors and dragons
1: gather the family around the computer
2: (laughs) if you want to hear about dead penises kids come gather around you actually just moved back to the states from korea you were living you were living there for a while and uh you were selling your books to, I'm presuming, mostly English readers while you were uh, in Korea. Yeah, uh, most of my sales were in the United States. How has the transition been, you know, as a writer coming from, you know, one environment to a new one? Has it changed your writing uh, patterns at all, or do you feel you haven't skipped a beat?
1: Yeah, going from having two jobs, working two jobs, like tutoring and teaching English to uh, having no jobs, you'd think I'd have all this free time, but, oh man, I'm bogged down with all the adult shit i've got to do now (laughs) my wife used to take care of yeah there's bills and insurance and talking to the kids teachers and stuff but this is all on me now yeah i'm actually in similar
2: situation i'm in japan and my wife takes care of most everything for me so you're kind of like uh (laughs) caution not cautionary tale but just like what may happen to me like i may have to become an adult also (laughs) Did,
1: to, you, did you read that blog post last week? Yeah, about the... Okay, good.
2: <laughs> uh, I want to be Peter Pan forever and be Fantasy Boy.
1: Stay in Japan. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> stay in Japan. <laughs> uh, I actually want to mention uh, a while back, uh, I haven't mentioned this actually very terribly much recently, but... I used to promote my Splatter Elf stuff on this show uh, occasionally. You actually helped me out a while back and recommended some of my stories to your readers. And
1: uh, that's actually the most sales I've ever made (laughs) up until this point. (laughs) Those stories are fun. You keep going with those and you're going to find an audience. How many are you up to now?
2: I got three now, but I have uh, you know a couple more on deck, so I have, uh, you know, I'm continuing to do it for sure. Yeah, Robert's kind of the first guest who's come along who's kind of did,
0: done something kind of in a similar vein of the comedic fantasy sort of thing.
2: Yeah, most of the guests we've had are, uh, they're either doing kind of grim dark fiction of some sort or horror or some more, kind of more serious, serious stuff, and I think... You're you're the first writer that we've had that's doing kind of comedic parody fiction. So it, it's cool that you you help out other authors. Do do you feel that do you feel that's necessary for indie authors to do to kind of uh, share things that interest them or help each other out in order to help them you know reach a wider
1: audience? If they are genuinely interested, like like for example, with your books, I really enjoyed those. Steve Weatherell he's another one that's on the authors and dragons he plays brandon thymaster i enjoy <laughs> i enjoy reading his books and, and and it's it's like the same comedy fantasy thing i mean i i can appreciate people enjoyed darker more realistic fantasy i i like uh the song of ice and fire books but uh as far as the writers that uh you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, I've got a billion other indie writers connected to me. And I could just be, you know, shilling all their shit, but uh, people are going to catch on to that. I don't know, I, want, I want people to know that I'm being sincere. If I do put a link up there on my Facebook page, that's something I genuinely think you should go check out. It's not something like, well, they, they put one of mine up, so I guess I owe them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do sometimes feel
2: that indie writers do the I did something for you, so you do you do something for me kind of thing.
1: That's and, what I do with Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> and I
2: think that's fine. But uh, also, you know, it's cool when. People genuinely uh, want to help out other people or genuinely interested in their work. And your work is something I've been following for a while, and it's, uh, it continues to be interesting and because I don't think there's a lot of people doing comedy fantasy these days. And I think there's a pretty big audience for it, especially judging from uh, your fan base is very uh, very loyal, it seems. They, they buy everything you put out. How do you feel when people make... You know, fan art, or tell you, "Wow, this novel really changed changed my life." I don't know. Say changed my life. <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't hear that as often. As <laughs> I have had some nice emails uh, that have said, "You know, know, yeah, my grandfather died yesterday, and your, your your books made me laugh, and thank you for that," or something to that effect. Yeah. But uh, fan art, yeah, awesome. I put that up on my page. I've got a, I've got a, a tab on there for fan art. I love that. And which character would you say has appealed
2: to readers the most? I think I know the answer, but Yeah, you do. <laughs> could it's you Cooper. could
1: you tell could you tell people about that character? That's Cooper. He's uh when he was creating his character when it was still just a game he did one of those min-max things where charisma was a, a throwaway score, so he put his lowest score into charisma, and that was a six. <laughs> but then because he chose to be a half-or, his charisma got lowered by two, so it was down to a four. And he's, you know, how do you put it? Uh, to account for that, he farts and shits himself a lot. <laughs> so and he he says, he lots says of shit jokes, six. too. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of potty humor. <laughs> have you gotten
2: any feedback about any of the other characters at all or is it mostly Cooper that gets most of the attention
1: Cooper gets the, the large majority <laughs> of the attention but surprisingly I, I got a few people that say Dave is their favorite character and that surprised me because no one likes Dave and <laughs> I don't even like Dave <laughs> my editor even she said Dave is her favorite character I, I like I like Cooper and I, I like Ravenous the bird he gets some of the best lines
0: so you write full time, Robert, or you teach, or uh, what, what sort of uh, arrangement do you have right
1: now with your writing? Well, now, I mean, the the reason I moved back is because I could afford to live on writing alone. I didn't want to move back to Mississippi and try to look for a job here. Ugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're a uh, so you're a full time self published author. Correct. So that's your that, that's your sole income. That's that's pretty awesome. That's a that's a good accomplishment. What would you say the secret is just having that that huge backlist along with quality writing? What what's the secret that you were able to capitalize on that? Because I imagine we have a lot of listeners who tune into the show who might have that that dream of somewhere maybe being, you know, uh, financially stable with a with a self-publishing route. So how how did you make that happen for yourself, Robert? Um
1: yeah, just well, I don't, I don't know about quality writing. I I don't know about <laughs> <of> Shakespeare, but <laughs> it's writing that's going to appeal to an, a, a large enough audience, you know, and like you said before, there's you know, not enough comedy fantasy out there. There's, uh, and <clears throat> I only found out recently what my genre is even called. It's there's L-I-T-R-P-G I, Is that how you even even say it? <laughs> Lit RPG. I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah. There's apparently a whole genre of uh, books about gamers in a game world. I guess it is. Like people have included Ready Player One in that, but. And I guess it kind of makes sense because a lot of it is in a virtual world. Yeah, keep putting out books. I think my, my novels, the short stories thing has worked out well for me because, uh, you know, the, a short story might be 10 or 12,000 words. I can pump that out in a couple of weeks and then uh, that's another title. On the Amazon lists. Also, watch what you're doing when you when you're categorizing your books. I always want to put one book, or you get you get to choose two categories. I always choose one in a fantasy category. So, and I never show up on those lists because those are very competitive. But that does contribute to my my ranking as a fantasy author. And uh, and occasionally I pop up on the top 100 fantasy authors and and uh, on Amazon, especially when I'm doing a promotion. Oh yeah, and, uh, I got two categories. My other category, I put in uh, comedy, which it's not really technically supposed to be in there because I think that list is mainly for comedians, like autobiographies and stuff. Mm. But there are other comedy books in there as well. But I put it in that list because that's not a very competitive list. And I can generally, even from, from the beginning, I could get on the top 100 list in comedy. And that's visibility. Right now, I've got like four or five books in the top 20, so anybody looking at the comedy list like all 12 of those people they uh <laughs> they'll see my name and that's what it is it's getting your name out there the other big secret is uh and this is the, this is the one that that made the difference between me being able to quit work and real jobs have quality audiobooks produced Oof, that uh I got I got in late on the audiobook game A friend of mine from high school just emailed me one day and said hey my boyfriend and his friend are interested in making an audiobook out of critical failures. And I said, okay, that's, you know, work they have to do. I don't have to do it. So, And I, I, didn't, I had no idea how big audiobooks were,
2: and they're huge. Yeah, it's, it's still kind of a undiscovered territory for a lot of writers, I think. I think they know about audiobooks, obviously, but, you know, it's much easier to produce a file and upload it to Amazon than it is to produce an audiobook, obviously, because you need narrators and these right. kind of things. And you work with... Uh, they're called Saturn
1: Saturn 5 Saturn, Saturn 5 yeah and that's that's my high school friend's boyfriend and his friend <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah they ah. produce
2: really good stuff too it's it's uh you know voice acted and everything cooper's uh sounds like cooper
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'd imagine but you know another good thing about the audiobooks like you said not everybody's doing it and uh so you know everybody's doing the ebooks it's harder for amazon to recognize you as, if if you look at somebody famous you know people who bought this book also bought and it's hard to get on those lists mm, yeah but for the audio versions i'm right there i'm connected to ready player 1 right now because sweet yeah it's i'm not i'm not on the ebooks not by a long shot but uh, <laughs> on the audiobooks you know, you look there on amazon ready player 1 people also bought critical failures and a lot of other famous books i'm in company that i don't belong in <laughs> That's great.
2: <laughs> so, would you say that's the next uh, frontier for for indie writers is to to get into audiobooks and to be able to reach that? There's obviously a big demand, but the supply isn't as large.
1: You should absolutely get your books out there in every possible format that readers want. Yeah, there's no reason not to. It, d- it doesn't cost me anything. You got two payment options with uh you know with Audible, you can choose to pay a voice actor up front or narrator up front or you can do a royalty share i do the royalty share doesn't cost me anything up front and everybody's pretty happy right now with the way things are going (laughs) everybody's getting paid one way or the other
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) i want to ask about uh since you have such a large volume of work um how often do you to get you start writing something you say okay fuck this this isn't working and then you just start on something else i know that's like a taboo for some writers like once you start writing something uh, you know you're supposed to stick with
1: it but how often
2: um, do you do that
1: not often i think it's happened twice oh okay once once uh, i think i might have gotten a thousand words and and uh yeah i'm just kind of spinning my wheels with this one and then it happened more recently after space puppies i uh i started writing another short story and i got four thousand something words in that and i said like, yeah this isn't going anywhere <laughs> so i started writing the one i'm currently on and i'm over six six thousand words in that and and i got an end in sight this will definitely be published but uh i don't want to give any details away yet because because uh, i don't <laughs> <laughs> do you have a working title for it uh yeah, that's no one of the details I don't want to give.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I know your 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 titles are often very creative, funny titles, such as "Gentle uh, Harpies," and uh, <laughs> which I think someone gave you that that name on your Facebook page a while back. Yeah, and that uh,
1: was actually another friend from high school. The unwashed Athlete. <laughs> yeah. That was all me. Elf
2: inflicted. That's another good one nymphomaniacs <laughs> orcs bears and assholes that's my personal favorite orcs bears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that may actually be my least favorite of the short stories uh, it's, a title, yeah, it's got a title. A, yeah, the title i like but uh that was i think my third short and that's my one maybe i should have quit on but i don't know it's got its moments have you noticed we talked about audiobooks have you noticed the,
2: the shift in your sales as far as what format is selling the most for you? Is it eBooks or is audiobook catching up at all, or is it still kind of
1: a uh, long shot? Right, right now, uh, my audiobooks might be—I might be making about nearly double from the audiobooks right now as I am from the eBooks. But that's because I uh, Critical Failures Three has just recently been released on Audible. Oh, okay. So I'm going through a surge right now.
0: Are you kind of exclusive, like with Amazon,
1: Audible, or do you have like titles on Barnes and Noble or? Uh, no, I, I, I joined the uh, I enrolled all my books in the KDP select program, which okay. means that I have to be exclusive to Amazon. That's been uh, that's been a point of uh, controversy with a lot of indie authors. And I'm sure you, you guys are not familiar with that. Yeah
0: Slightly what's the what's the
1: controversial point of, of, of enrolling with KDP exclusively? Well, the exclusivity that uh, yeah, okay. there's a, Amazon wants to keep my books all to themselves, but uh, it makes more sense to go wide and publish through all these other places. But I, you know, I tried that at first and all those other places weren't doing shit for me. So the perks that I get by being a, a select member, I uh, yeah, they, they far outweigh what I imagine I'd be getting from Barnes and Noble and everywhere else. Uh, keeping on top of the those promotions like my uh, another one i think that a lot of people don't take advantage of is the Kindle countdown one time every 3 months i get to you know put all my books for uh, sale and uh still keep 70% of the royalties and all that but uh i mean 70% of a dollar but still <laughs> but that drives my books up the charts and that's what I want the exposure. Yeah, that's the benefit of having a large catalog is
2: that uh, yes. if, if you do the whole if you do the countdown and say you have you know 30, 40 titles and you're selling them all for 99 cents or free or whatever the case may be, well obviously you don't get money if it's free, but if you're doing well, it for that you enough- also
1: you also don't get put on the on the, the list that matter if it's free. You get put on the free list which may matter for say a week yeah, but if you put them at ninety nine cents, you go up in the charts on the paid list that people actually look at, and then when the when the promotion's finished, you're still sitting pretty up at the top of the paid list for a while. But in, and your books are back to the normal prices.
2: Yeah, so it's a good way to to get that exposure and to get people reading several of your your, your stories and kind of getting hooked on them, and then uh,
1: and a good way to drive up my like I said before my author ranking. I'm, I try to get on as many lists as possible and uh, just make myself visible. I, I've, I've said before I, I bukaki the Amazon lists. <laughs> <laughs> Bukaki, the Amazon list. That's a
0: Like I said, this uh, this episode I have high, ho- <laughs> high hopes for, and they have not been let down whatsoever.
2: So um, we appreciate you talking to us today. We'd like to shift over to our little game that we do, and okay. uh, what's we're going we to roll look? one up with Robert Bedman. We don't have fucking music. Oh, no. That was all improv. I just made it up. So basically, we're going to give you some basic things like one word and then you just come up with a character like uh yeah. poof one out of your head <laughs> as, okay. as as best as you can and then okay. uh tap into the muse and then maybe so. you can use this character in a in your authors and dragons whenever uh Richter, or uh, klaus, klaus. Uh, gets uh gets his own body again <laughs> maybe perhaps perhaps so first let's go with gender what is your character's gender
1: male and class what would your character's class be ah i always do rogue Um, let's see i'll go sorcerer this time sorcerer oh
2: i'm kind of an old school second edition guy so like i never really got to play a sorcerer at all like it's a pretty cool class as far as you can just have a shitload of magic missiles right you can just shoot like or you can get like five magic missiles or something like
1: that right you don't. You don't have to pre-select your um, your spells. You could make them all different spells, or you could just do the same spell for as many times as you have spell slots in that level. I would just have some stupid shit like Morning Canaan's faithful hound or
2: something. <laughs> I just have six of those.
1: <laughs> um, my readers will tell you. Uh, I think the most, the far more, most versatile spell in the game is mount. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty useful. <laughs> Since
2: you have uh, mounts, suffer horrible fates occasionally. Okay, which uh, race would you like? I'll be a gnome. I don't play gnomes often enough. sorcerer. Nice. How about any uh, weapons? Does your character use any
1: fanciful weapons? Crossbow and a dagger and... Yeah, that'll do. It's a gnome and a sorcerer. Doesn't need too many weapons. Okay, how about as far as uh, armor, any armor? No. Just naked.
2: Robe. Well, I'll have <laughs> a robe or something. I imagine I'm naked. Naked. I'm, Can you just wear like a poncho, maybe? or
1: I'm creating the dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, six. Uh, we got dude. Dude's alignment: chaotic neutral. Always. <laughs> always. Always. Okay. And then, uh, does he have a hated
1: enemy? Do Do you get hated enemies as a sorcerer? No, but No, that's a, like a ranger thing. We're just making shit up. <laughs> okay. Well sure if I get if I get to be a racist, then uh I'll say <laughs> um giants. They make him feel inadequate. <laughs> In several ways. Uh favorite drink. Does he have a favorite drink? I guess I won't say wh- white Russians. Um uh, <laughs> uh, The dude buzz. Yeah. This will be a beer drinking gnome. Beer drink.
2: And then favorite bodily fluid. What's his favorite bodily fluid? Does anyone have
1: a favorite bodily fluid? What kind of question? (laughs) Um, This this gnome apparently does. All right. Bile. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice. Good choice.
2: Maybe one of his spells he can (laughs) spew bile at people caustic bile. <laughs> and then, uh, well, after the bukkake joke, I thought, "Oh yeah, never mind." And what right. what is his uh, name? Ah, a jorcerer, jorcerer, the sorcerer, yes, <laughs> the bile spewing jorcerer, yes. <laughs> That's how he introduces himself. <laughs> He spews by on people. (laughs) Hello. I'm Jorser the Sorcerer. Okay, well, we we rolled them up. Yeah. All right. Smoke them. Smoke them if you got them. The male sorcerer,
0: gnome, crossbow wielding, chaotic neutral, hater of giants who loves to throw up (laughs) and drink beer.
1: Not necessarily that order.
0: Not necessarily.
2: Well, thank you very much for (laughs) coming on the show today, rolling one up with us, telling us about your indie publishing success. And we, of course, wish you much more success, continue to write, and kick ass out there. And uh, do you have any details for anyone that would like to find you on the social media networks?
1: Um, Yeah, don't bother with Twitter. Um, (laughs) Fuck Twitter! I'm just, well, I'm just saying I'm I'm just going to spam at you. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can go to my, go like my Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash Robert Bevan Books. My website is cavernsandcreatures.com. That's caverns dash and dash creatures.com. There you can see my blog and uh, fun stuff. You can look at <laughs> my fan art. Link. Pictures of you falling through decks. And- uh, well, that's in one blog post. <laughs> Yeah, go hunt for that. Um, <laughs> there's also a link from there to the Authors and Dragons podcast, and of course, there are links to my uh, books. So yes, which yeah, I ho- which I highly recommend
2: to go go check them out. If you're into funny fantasy and you're a fan of role playing games, which uh, we often mention role-playing games on this show. Uh, with so many yep. people have a background in it, so it's it's always cool to you know talk to authors about role-playing games and and uh, their background and how they got into writing because of because of uh, role-playing games. So I think we all kind of have a similar upbringing in that regard. So uh, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh as always rob take us out with our contact details
0: yeah we're at facebook.com slash the grim tidings podcast or on twitter at grim dark fiction and we will not spam the shit out of you like robert (laughs) bevan does thanks for listening to this edition of the grim tidings podcast robert and philip great hanging out with you guys and we'll see everybody next time thank you for having me goodbye greetings and salutations (laughs) okay
2: parting parting is such that's an episode That was fun. I
1: expected that to take longer.